Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In his piece, The Subject and Power, Michel Foucault asks a question and actually makes it the title of a section. How is one to analyze the power relationship? And this is an important question. As usual, Foucault will begin by telling us how not to do it. So with some negatives, but they're not entire negatives. They're more warnings not to overinvest in one simple solution or another. And then he'll give us, as he so often does, a listing with explanations about what we should be looking at. And then he concludes with a few other clarifications about, uh, in this case, the state or the nation state, as we typically call it. So he begins by talking first about power relations and institutions. Now, this is interesting because Foucault is often read as focusing almost exclusively on institutions. And I think a surface reading of his early and middle works would certainly give you that idea. But if you look more carefully, that's not all that he's doing. And he says that we can analyze these relationships or it's perfectly legitimate to do so by focusing on carefully defined institutions. Why? they constitute a privileged point of observation, diversified, concentrated, put in order, and carried through to the highest point of their efficacy. And he says that it's here that as a first approximation, we might expect to see the appearance of the form and logic of their elementary, that is power relations, elementary mechanisms. But... He goes on and says, the analysis of power relations as we find them in certain closed institutions presents a certain number of problems. And he's going to identify three of these in particular. So the first one focuses on reproductive functions. What do we mean by that? Well, every institution tends to maintain itself in existence and not in a static way like a rock or something like that. There's a lot of different things happening within an institution that makes sure that it continues on. You know, financial, economic matters, dealing with difficult cases, you know, decision making, thinking about the future, all of these sorts of matters are what he calls reproductive functions. And so he says, the fact that an important part of the mechanisms put into operation by an institution are designed to ensure its own preservation brings with it a risk. What's the risk of deciphering functions that are reproductive? productive, especially within power relations in institutions. So we might focus too much on how institutions keep themselves going and not not enough on what else is going on within the institution. The second is a a little bit more problematic. It's sort of a cart before the horse, as we say, or as he's going to say, explaining power by power. Power relations are something that do exist within institutions, but not exclusively within institutions. And so by focusing on institutions as our central idea, we can sometimes fall into the trap of thinking that everything is an institution. This is very common with the misreading of Foucault as saying everything is a prison, right? Which is a cool thing to say, but it's clearly wrong. Actually, he says that that's wrong in this very essay. And so that's an issue. 
And then the third thing that he points out, he says, insofar as institutions act essentially by bringing into play two elements, explicit or tacit regulation, so that's one element, and an apparatus, another element, one risks giving to one or the other an exaggerated privilege, that is focusing on it too much, in the relations of power and then seeing in the latter only modulations of law and coercion. So looking at institutions as being essentially coercive, rule bound, and not looking at them as a place in which power relations play out and can be structured and all of that sort of stuff. So he reminds us of what he said earlier in the essay about power relations. He tells us that power relations are modes of action on actions, right? So this is going to have some implications. Also for institutions, he says institutions are important, but we need to analyze them from the standpoint of power relations rather than vice versa. So how do we do that? Well, we'll get to that in a moment. Before that, he tells us power relations as modes of actions on actions are, as he calls it, rooted deep in the social nexus, not a supplementary structure over and above society whose radical effacement one could perhaps dream of. There is going to be no actual society, civilization, culture, institution, whatever you want to say, no human way of existing with others that does not involve power relations. We can imagine those, but only so far, because as he says, any society without power relations is merely an abstraction. So this is a very interesting point of view. It's not to say that every society therefore sucks or is terrible or something like that. Every society does have power relations and we need to look at power relations without automatically assuming that power is something bad or scary, right? So he goes on and he tells us to live in society is to live in such a way that some can act on the actions of others. So this, he says, makes it all the more politically necessary, the analysis of power relations in a given society, their historical formation, the source of their strength, their fragility. What he's saying here is, listen, as members of post-enlightenment, late 20th century in his case, our case, early 21st century human beings, we do need to look at power and to do so in ways that don't blind us ahead of time to what power is. And so he's going to offer us here five main, as he calls them, points to establish. These are ways that we ought to look at ways we ought to carry out the analysis of power. And each of these is connected to the others, as he's going to say. So the first is what he calls a system of differentiations that permits one to act on the actions of others. Who gets to do things? Who gets to decide what others' possibilities are and to not necessarily determine the actions of others, but certainly condition the actions of others. And he gives you some examples of this. Juridical and traditional differences of status or privilege. We're all familiar with those. Economic differences in the appropriation of wealth and goods, right? It's different if you're rich or poor or in the amorphous middle class. Linguistic or cultural differences, these play an important role, not always exactly the same from society to society. Differences in know-how and competence, right? Which could also be reflected in juridical or traditional differences of status and privilege, right? Difference 
differences of other sorts. He says each relationship of power puts into operation differences that are its conditions and its results. So the relationship between a doctor and a patient is going to be different than between a barber and their client or a coach and their client, or we could go on and on and on, right? And there's going to be multiple modes of difference at play. The second thing that he says, which is quite different than this, this is teleological, the types of objectives pursued by those who act upon the actions of others. Why are they acting on the actions of others, determining or conditioning or cajoling or whatever else we're going to say this way? Here's some examples. Foucault's not intending to give us a complete list. Maintenance of privileges. Right? Sometimes we act just to like make sure everybody knows their place. Accumulation of profits. We might want to derive something from them. Exercise of statutory authority. The exercise of a function or a trade. Maybe we're just, as we say, doing our job, right? These are objectives of the power relations. Another third thing, instrumental modes. How do we act upon the actions of others? How do others act upon our actions? Whether power is exercised by threat of arms, effects of speech, through economic disparities, by more or less complex means of control, systems of surveillance with or without archives, by rules, explicit or not, fixed or modifiable, with or without material means of enforcement. These, again, not an exclusive or comprehensive list, but these give you an idea about what the different instrumental modes might be. Power is not always exercised in exactly the same way. Then there are fourth forms of institutionalization. He says these may mix traditional conditions, legal structures, matters of habit or fashion, like in the institution of the family. They can also take the form of an apparatus closed in upon itself with its specific loci, its own regulations, its own hierarchical structures. For example, scholastic or military institutions. They can form very complex systems endowed with multiple apparatuses like the state. And we're going to talk about the state in just a little bit. And then finally, we have fifth degrees of rationalization. And he says that the bringing of, into play of power relations as action in the field of possibilities may be more or less elaborate. It's not always the same thing, right? In terms of the effectiveness of its instruments, the instrumental modes, and the certainty of its results, or again, in proportion to the possible cost, the exercise of power, he says, is not a naked fact, an institutional given, nor is it a structure that holds out or smashed. It is something that is elaborated, transformed, organized. So this makes things quite complex. We need to be attending to all five of these, whatever we want to call them, dimensions, aspects, points to be established, ways of analyzing power relations. And there could be more besides this. This is just a perhaps preliminary list. And because of this, he says, if you take this into consideration, you see why the analysis of power relations within a society cannot be reduced. And this is typical Foucault, right? Doesn't mean that you can't study power by looking at these things, but it just can't be reduced to just these things. So what are the these things in this case? A series of institutions or even to the study of all those institutions that would merit the name political. Why? They are rooted in the entire network of the social. 
Now, he says something really interesting here as well. He says, this doesn't mean that there can't be some loci of power or institutions that play a greater role. And the example that he's going to focus on here is the what he calls the state. We would think of it as the nation state, but we could also think of this in terms of city management and in terms of, as we have here in the United States, particular states, the federated system is like that. And he goes on and he says that it is certain that in contemporary societies, the state is not simply one of the forms of specific situations of the exercise of power, even if it is the most important, but that in a certain way, all other forms of power relation must refer to it. Now, I think that applies better to the French state than to some other places. The French state is considerably more centralized in that manner than some others. Then he goes on and says, though, This is not because they, the other forms of power relation, are derived from it. Rather, it's because power relations have come more and more under state control. Though the state control has not taken the same form in pedagogical, juridical, economic, or family systems. So we could say power relations have been progressively governmentalized, that is to say elaborated, rationalized, and centralized in the form of or under the auspices of state institutions. This is only a particular way of being that applies to late modernity, though. Things could be quite different and, in fact, may be different even in our own time than what Foucault is diagnosing here, where the nation state or the state has a centrality of reference with power relations. So this gives you an idea about how Foucault thinks power relations as actions upon actions are to be analyzed. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.